Yeah, and I love that you talked about a defense because of what you do. I think for a defensive coordinator, he could be so much more multiple in his defense because he knows if he could take away the number one receiver, he can roll coverages certain ways. He could be a lot more exotic as to where if somebody's just playing a cover two, cover three, three scheme, you know, they're on the same side of the field. And the defense is pretty much, I want to say the same, but it kind of is. But I think with guys like you, Revis, Champ, Bailey, Dion, the defensive coordinators can be just so much more multiple in that aspect and calling a defense against an offense, especially the way the offenses are these days with everything being three wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I feel like, you know, coach when I came to New England, he used me um, in the right way, you know, my first couple of years in Buffalo, I changed coaching staff like three or four times, and, you know, had four different defensive coordinators. I come to New England and I got a little bit more security, you know, my first three years in the same system, you know, I feel better and, you know, and um, playing, trying to play at a high level and, you know, we got a, you know, corner like myself, you can just, you know, play free and, um, you know, make the quarterback to throw it over there because, you know, I take my chances if you throw it to my side on the number one guy and, and try to make a play. Yeah. And talking about being on a, an island and covering guys man-on-man, one-on-one uh, with no safety help, uh, you have some of the best patience I've seen at the line of scrimmage. I mean, in a lot of days, guys, you know, they get impatient, they panic at the line of scrimmage, but you seem to be even killed. I talked to Reeves about you. He said he really just loves your temperament at the line of scrimmage. Just talk about where did you learn your patience from and, and how do you not get into a panic mode that, you know, receivers are releasing? You know, to be honest, I watch guys like, you know, I got Reeves' old film. You know, I got Champ Bailey's old film. You know, um, Dion's old film, and I watched them like early in my career, and I just studied them. All those guys is different because I feel like Reeves more sat at the line a little bit more, and you know, Chant Bailey inched at the line a little more than Reeves did, but they ultimately got the you know same job done at the end of the day. So I tried to take a little bit of from both of their game, and you know, try to apply it to my game. And you know, when you're playing like that, you know on the island or, or playing a lot of man-to-man coverage, you know, a little zone and to switch the quarterback off. And um, when you're playing like that, you have to be patient because, you know, he know where he's going, you know. And if you're not patient, then there's no way you're going to win that, that rep. So you have to be patient and, and trust your technique and, you know, prepare each and every week by, you know, being smart and longer routes. He likes to run and different things like that. And, and that's what allow you to, to make plays on Sundays. Yeah, definitely. Let's switch gears a little bit here. And there's been some speculation that Tom Brady may not return. And such an iconic figure in the New England, Boston area. What do you ultimately think Tom Brady will do next year? Because he is going into free agency. You know, um, I think Tom will make the best decision from for himself and um, you know. And the team will make the best decision for the team. You know, it's, you know how it is in free agency. You know, it happens every year. Team change each and every year. And, you know, you never can control things sometimes. You just have to let it play out and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah, I've definitely seen some of the craziest stuff in free agency. Things you would never think that would happen. Guys, I mean, I remember when I was in Jacksonville in 2011, literally, we just had a kickoff luncheon where we announced David Garrod as the starting quarterback. We all get back on the bus. The owner gets on the bus and says, I need everybody to come into the team meeting room. And literally, 
they uh, released David Garrod like right after the team luncheon where they had just announced him the starting quarterback. So it's like you said, man, it's it's free agency is crazy. You have to do what's best for you. And, and team, the, the team ultimately is going to do what's best for them. I mean, that was one of the craziest stories I've ever seen. Is literally, they just announced this man as the starting quarterback for us going into the year. And this was like seven days before we were supposed to play the home opener at home, man. So it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how it is. It's just, you know, you never know. You know, you never – I'm never surprised about nothing. So, you know, you just have to, you know, live day by day and, you know, work hard and, you know, everything goes to take care of itself. Yeah, let's talk about some of the stuff you do out the field. I think for the last two years, you've really been working closely with the Boys and Girls Club in, in, in the Boston area. Just talk about talk a little bit about what you've been doing up there in Boston with the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, was, I, I grew up in the Boys and Girls Club in my hometown. And, um, you know, I've always been connected in Buffalo and and, um, and now in Boston. And I did a couple of things at the Pro Bowl, too, with the Boys and Girls Club and um, you know, it's always good to, you know, get back and, you know, um, go show your face there because those kids look up to guys like me. And, um, you know, you tell them your story, you know, you tell them that you was once one of them and you give them the motivation to, you know, want to do things in life, to, to have a opportunity, you know, after school to go, you know, go play basketball, to go learn things in, in the classroom, to, to go, you know, hang around friends instead of going, doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, you know, it gives us the opportunity to, you know, hang around and learn and, and be a better person. Yeah, definitely. I actually grew up in the Boys and Girls Club too, so I love that you go back. Every time I try to go home to Tampa, I always try to stop by there and, and talk to the kids and, and just let them know I was one of these kids sitting in this room just like you, man. And like any any dream is possible. And all it takes is, you know, hard work and dedication. I know that sounds cliche, but it, it's yeah. really true, and I think it, it's really great because even when I was at the Boys and Girls Club, you know, some of the Tampa Bay Bucks would come by every blue moon, and I think it was just important. Uh, you know, sending money and everything is cool, but I think spending time, you know, is a bigger value than actually spending spending money. I don't know, in your instances, like, do you think, you know, spending time with kids, it's it's a bigger, they have a bigger impact than you actually just writing a check? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you can be hands-on, they, they remember that for the rest of their life. I mean, pictures i mean you just having a normal conversation with them you know asking about his family you know asking about you know what you want to do in the future you know that those conversations you know guys remember that i remember growing up as a kid every conversation i had with i mean not even you know people former athletes but people that i looked up to i remember those conversations and they helped me out in life yeah definitely so, Steph, you're, you're known as a quiet guy, but a lot of people don't know how funny you really are, man. What else about you that people may not know or wouldn't suspect about you? Could you tell us about yourself? Me? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not really, I feel like I'm not quiet. It's just like, you know, when I'm around my workforce, I just try to, you know, stay focused. You know, I try to stay even keel, you know, and I just try to focus on my job. But outside of my job, I just try to, you know, um, you know, live life. I like cars. Um, you know, I had a Lamborghini. I like speed. I like, I got a McLaren. So, you know, I just, I like speed cars. I like to spend time with family. I like, you know, I'm, I'm not really a wild person. That's pretty much what I like. I just spend time with family and, um, travel and, you know, I'm not, I'm not really all over the place. So, 
You ever you ever take any of the cars to the track? Get on the track with any of the cars? Nah, I don't do all that. I just, you know, I like speed. I like the engine. And, um, I like two seaters because my kids can't get in it and, and trash it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> You're like, this is, this is my car. I need to keep this clean. <laughs> yeah, I can just get in it by myself and just enjoy it. You know, I'm in a whole different world when I'm in it. Yeah, I know you talked about trips. I know you took a trip to Israel last year. What are some of the best trips or favorite places that you've visited while traveling? Uh, I've been to London. I've been to uh, Cayman Island. I've been to... Uh, Israel was was great, you know, Mr. Kraft, he, he invited me there, and probably one of the best experiences I ever had in my life, um, just seeing the Holy Land, and, you know, you you grow up, you know, believing in, you know, your Christianity, and um, actually seeing it with your own eyes, and actually being there, you know, was, that was a different experience for me, and, um, you know, I think that trip will, will touch me for the rest of my life. Yeah, Israel place is definitely that that's on my to-do list. I gotta get there. But but besides going to Israel, I know you said Cayman Islands and London, which which one of those two was probably your second favorite trip and explain why? I think London because it was more, uh, more stuff to do. Cayman Island was more of a, you know, relaxed vacation, but London where you could actually do things and you know, it was a different city and uh, you know, it's you know, it's like a, a normal city, but um it's just different, you know, in which you grew up. You know, I grew up in the South, so, you know, any anything that's different from the South, you know, I'm very amazed of. And, um, you know, and Cayman Island was great because, you know, it was just relaxing. You know, it's, the water was beautiful. And, um, the family went with me, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's always good to get away and relax and not do much. So that's why I like Cayman Island. Yeah, those are good. Those are definitely two different vacation places. I've been to both. I like London because there's so many different cultures. There's literally like people from all over the world that live in London. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of New York, uh, just a little bit more cleaner. <laughs> no, yeah. no offense to New Yorkers. <laughs> and the Cayman Islands was just beautiful. I went there. And like you said, it's perfect to just go relax with the fam and just and just have a good time. A nice little romantic spot, too. If you have a significant other, if you want to go out there and just chill, man. Yeah. 